0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with a fellow who goes by the name of Frost. He's in a little old band from Norway. Black Battle Titans, they are. Satyricon. The reason for the conversation is to promote Satyricon's upcoming tour of Australia. It's happening in September, and I'll read out some dates. On Tuesday the 4th, they're playing in Perth. Thursday the 6th, they are playing in Melbourne. Friday the 7th, they're playing in Sydney. Saturday the 8th, they're playing in Canberra. And Sunday the 9th, they're playing in Brisbane. I will definitely be at that show there. So let's have a listen to what Frost has to say. Here we go. Hello. Hello, mate. Andy McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going?
1: I'm all fine, thank you. How
0: are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's the evening over here, and uh, you'll laugh at this being Norwegian, but it must be about 15 degrees, which is actually 15 degrees Celsius, that is, which I don't know what that converts into Fahrenheit, but... um, that's about as cold as it gets for us around here. I'm in Queensland, which is subtropical. So I thought I could at least, at least relate that story to you before we kick off <laughs> find some humour in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's,
1: uh, that's all cool. Uh, I remember uh, how it could be in Queensland.
0: Yes, you've played here a few times, haven't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, actually, we, we had a couple of days off um, in Brisbane and um, at um, I think it was uh, after our first tour in Australia, and it was like 43 degrees Celsius.
0: Yes, that's pretty typical.
1: It's possible <laughs> in every experience in Norway, even if we have uh,
0: had uh, heat records here over the later years. Yes, that's right. And how are the, the phone calls with the Australian media going? Because I think I'm the last one for you over the two days that you've been fielding calls from us.
1: Excuse me, I, I don't hear you that, uh, that's well right now. Is
0: so, there you know, anything I could be done? Oh, you can't? Or anything because... Oh, it's hard to hear, is it? Yeah, you're right. I, I'll, what I'll do is I'll hang up and I'll ca- I'm calling from Skype, but I use the phone card. So I'll just call back in using Skype and that should fix it.
1: Oh, but well, actually, I I I hear you think about this now, so perhaps you can just try it like this for a while and see if it works out. I think it will.
0: Okay, no worries. All right. Well, my question was, how's the how are the phone calls going with the Australian media? Are we are we an interesting lot for you to talk to? <laughs> of course we
1: are. I mean, why why shouldn't we yeah, be? We enjoy playing in Australia. We look forward to going there. We like being there and we have lots of fans here I and mean, we have always been very warmly welcomed by by the Australian fans. So so I mean, going to Australia is something that feel we feel look forward to and uh when I say that it might not happen I thought that that's something I would actually will really miss quite a lot. So I, I really want to Go to Australia
0: with Deep Calls Upon Deep. Uh, that, that's for sure. I think that's, that's the only guys in the downfield as well. Excellent. And look, I've got a. I, I had a sp- I had a chat to Sata last year when Deep Calls Upon Deep came out, and I'd only had a chance to listen to it for about two days before I have a ch- had a chat to him. But I really liked it then. But I've got to tell you, I love it now. I actually think it's your best album, and I think it's you know we can th- use words like mature and um, well-founded, if you like, given that you've had so many releases. But I really love the direction that you're taking the band in now. So you, I know you're coming down here to Australia, and that's the reason for the conversation, but what are your thoughts on the album, Deep Call it Upon Deep? Do you think it's your best album?
1: No doubt. I have been certain about that since before it was released, and I feel it's no less now than then what I did back then. Now that we have been performing the songs from the album live for three quarters of a year, and 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 those songs have really started to get under our skin now. Uh, and then I listen to the songs, uh, I feel the same way. And these songs are are our best. The album is our best, and uh, and there's um, there's a vitality. Uh, on uh, a profoundness in the expression um seriousness and danger to the material on that album that you will find on uh, no previous theater album. Uh, but clearly what, what makes the magic for me is is, is that something which the album is alive, it really it really leaves and breathes. I, I felt that way when when the self-titled album was released, uh, partly because of the dynamics that we were bringing into the band for the first time, with that album, There's, um, but, but just that part of it has gotten a totally new dimension of Deep call for some deep. I mean, that is an album that, that is truly alive and, and musical in a broader sense. So it has opened up something for the and which... Uh, and something that really has served the brand though, and, and I like the direction that we have taken, and I think that it has also made our future become even more exciting and interesting.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't so much a surprise that you guys chose to go in this direction, but... The biggest surprise to me was that, look, I'm a father of two young kids and it's one of those albums that I can actually put on around them and they don't complain. Now, take that as a compliment, believe me, because I've got a you know, there's no point in me putting on headphones when I'm looking after two young kids and they're running around the house or I'm driving somewhere. It's an album that has stayed with me through all sorts of applications. Now, I don't care about genres anymore. I've never been really about that. But to release an album, broadly speaking, underneath the banner of black metal... And to have it be as musical and listenable, that's a really, that's a profound accomplishment as far as I'm concerned. So, congratulations again.
1: Oh, thanks a lot for that. I mean, what it all comes down to is how the music moves to listeners. And you can call it with every right. Uh, and, uh, and you could, you know, uh, put it in. Um, whatever category you like or frame it any way you like but what the music is actually doing to you is what matters where does it take you do you sense do you sense darkness um, uh, do you sense energy do you you feel the vibe Um, uh, do you do you sense you know those Deep in nuances in the in the music that will nurture the soul. You know, all of that is really what matters. And to me, deep from deep is as is, uh, black metal as it can possibly be. But, but, uh, but it doesn't matter if you call it dark or something else.
0: Yeah. You know, if,
1: it hits, if it if it if it really hits target, you know. Uh, that's
0: yeah, yeah, another compliment I'm going to give to you is because I did review the album for the Metal Obsession website, so I'm going to read something out to you. This is one of the paragraphs in it. Here I go. Harold Stad, that's yourself, of course, I'll just use your surname as it, as it is, isn't just a great black metal drummer. He would be an excellent session musician for so many metal bands that lack the considered approach of his playing based on his performance on Deep Call of the Deep. His performance on the album is a career highlight and aspiring drummers should pay close attention to his percussive methodology. So I'm going to hand you another applauded, if you like, or another congratulations. I think, I've think i never heard you sound better, and I've been following your drumming for a long time because I'm also a musician. I'm a, I'm a bass guitarist. Now, I don't play heavy metal, but I do pick up when a musician's performance is truly outstanding. And I think the work that you've done with Sata on this album here, I haven't heard your percussion sound the way it sounds on this album here. So did you, did you take an entirely different approach to the drumming on the album or tell me about what your methodology was or the approach that you used to drumming on the album?
1: I, I really have to tell you, it, it was quite an effort to, to make the solutions work. Uh, it was uh, a lot of effort to find the correct expression for each different song and often for each different theme of the song, really. Um, And to, you know, get the right kind of musicality and, and, and vitality and, you know, all of that. And everything is taking quite a bit further on this album, actually obviously have noted. I mean, the progressive stuff is more progressive and the intense stuff is perhaps more intense than ever. And the grievous stuff is, is, uh, is heavier and grievous and, and more grinding. And uh, making all of that work was, was incredibly difficult. And Julie and I spent countless hours making those drums work and and he was giving me lots of instructions and, and, and inputs. Sometimes he would more or less dictate what kind of drums that the music demanded because as a composer he would he, he would know that either intuitively or he would, you know, kinda hear of his own compositions in his head before they were done with, you know, the rhythmical arrangements and everything. And and to make things work right uh, according to his composing ideas. That is, you know, really um, uh, a pivotal point. Uh, and, and the way that he was, you know, going through the hardship, making me find the rightful weakness, that is probably one of the factors there. Uh, and yeah. also that I myself really, I mean, invested everything that I had and done so, in order to make this work and to, and to really grow as a drummer with the project within August. I mean, uh, we have had clear ideas. The has been a more brilliant composer here than we have ever been before and I think that he was already the best in the genre even before this album. Uh, and we have been working tightly together for you know, as as long as and as much as it took, uh, and, and and I think that's that's probably explaining why we have been taking the steps that we have. That goes for me and my drumming, and goes for everything on this album. I would say.
0: Mm. Have you ever been approached by other musicians to work as a session drummer for them? Is that is that something that happens a lot to you?
1: Oh, that has happened, <laughs> of course. But, but, I, I mean, there are not definitely drummers in this world, and, and especially not in a small country like Norway. And uh, it's um, it's a pretty particular I and mean, small and I would incestuous world this little black community in Norway. So I guess in order to make a sound so many patients have to do more than one job. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I have been doing some different projects over 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 the years, but for the last 10, probably even 15 years, hardly anything. And and, and the later years, I have not at all been interested in doing anything else because I have more to do with my main band and, Yes, than uh, I managed to take properly care of, I feel. And, and I'm... I'm doing 30.49 whenever there's some some spare time, you know, so uh, I'm not interested in doing anything else. That's, that's more than
0: mm. Okay, fair enough. And I will ask a question now about the tour that you're bringing down. So are a lot of the cuts from Deep, call of the pun deep, are they going to be in the set list when you come to Australia? Or because you, you tour here not that often, are you going to bring more of a greatest hits package, so to speak? You know what I mean. I know there's no hits per se, but... Fan no. favorites, yeah.
1: It's obviously, it's obviously going to be both. Whenever we um, do club songs, we play pretty long shows, and we try to cover our history, though, also. But, but of course, it's going to be quite a lot about deep colours and these. Century is not about it It's about our past or any past glory. We're about the here and now and. Uh, and, and we're about parents and we are proud of this album and, and we think that it should, it should, it's a strong mark on the tour that we're on because it's the reason that we're touring also it's not an excuse to go out and tour playing the old songs over again
0: mm, we're
1: definitely yeah. touring mm. with this album and, and and we perform several of those uh, those new songs on and, and every show and some of them are in rotation and obviously basically perform every night but we have we have rehearsed all of the songs from these cultures and all of them like really really a env- live environment
0: mm, yeah yeah i can imagine they do now, do you get, you know, when you get fan interaction, do people keep bringing up the past? And I understand that people do that because, look, I got into the band on Nemesis Divina and I still think it's a classic. I just prefer your new album. I think the direction that you're heading is, is at my age, I'm 40 years of age, it's a very listenable direction. That's the easiest way I can describe it. But do you get a lot of feedback from fans who just want you to play Dark Medieval Times, The Shadow Throne and tracks from Nemesis Divina?
1: Well, not a lot, really. Uh, you see what, what happens these days on our shows. When we play some of our, our older songs, especially from the, from the three first albums, then we see that you know more than half the audience seem to not really understand what is going on. So they suddenly feel that you know, they have to go buy a beer or or Have a toilet break or or, or whatnot, and and some of them seem downright a little baffled about what's going on. So we see that you know they don't really follow what's happening on stage. So, so that tells me that quite a lot of people haven't even heard the old albums. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a good sign that you know we have people that are oh uh, that you haven't you know, generations of time coming, and unless you don't only have you know the yeah. old hardcore fans that only want to do the old songs. I mean, yeah, appreciate are done as well, but um, but uh, stuff, the newer stuff, of course, feels more more relevant, I and mean, it's musically much more rewarding to perform. Um, and, uh, and I mean, even if The metal community in itself is pretty conservative in nature. Luckily, you don't see too much of it. And to the extent that it's there, it's just something that you have to expect, you know. You always know it's going to be like that. And I guess it's been like that in other genres. Those people that have uh, been growing up with certain albums and that follow a band through a long career. They will still be very, very attached to you know, what they listen to first, and they want to relive that experience they had when they were younger and older. And, and it's understandable. Uh, so, so we relate to that without you know, really getting too annoyed by it or, or too, too selfish. We just know it can be like that. Um, yep. You think that, well, you can think whatever you like. You, we will perform some old songs as well, you know, but some average sex speed and to do the band that is all about the old songs because we can go to other bands and get that. We are not the up.
0: <laughs> yeah, gotcha. And did, did you find that there was a change in audience when you released Now Diabolical? Because I, I liked that album a lot as well. I found that, I, I don't know how else I can describe it, but it had a really deep rock and roll groove on that one there, particularly through a track like King, and I love the video for that track, by the way. But did you notice a change in your audience yeah. after that album was released?
1: Yeah, I, I think I've just started to notice some kind of difference even with, with Volcano.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, more more rock people basically were, were showing up when we were playing live. Uh, and, and also some people that were seemingly just open-minded uh, people but being deeply, deeply into music in general, and, you know, tells that there with a particular energy and a kick-ass attitude and compared Jason's music that, uh, uh, that they liked a lot. Uh, and I think not diabolical, but, but even more of that. And, and, and that's fine, because I think there, there is some kind of a kick-ass, rock-and-roll attitude that Jason has been doing since and that, that is something we like most ourselves and um, uh, and that's also how the original black race, you know Venom and, and Battery was, was, was really much more dirty rock and roll music than, than a lot of Kevin Bathory uh, I, I, and that's a style that we, that we like a lot and we think that it's a very good Foundation for for provocative music to, to have more of that uh, that um, that kick-off and, and dirty rock and roll element there.
0: okay well mate thank you very much for your time I'll leave it there I will definitely be in the audience when you tour so I just want to offer you a congratulations again Are you almost I like to offer a congratulations on a career definitely but in my view you are, the, you are the preeminent, the very best black metal drummer that's ever been. So it's a pleasure to finally talk to you. And as I say, congratulations on your career and also on your outstanding performance as a drummer.
1: Okay, I have to, I have to say that uh, I'm very happy to hear all of those kind um, words. My well, pleasure. I strongly look forward to, to come to Australia again in September. So see you then and be all well in the meantime.
0: Absolutely, mate. No worries. Thank you very much for the chat. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. No worries. Catch you. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew McKay-Smith, and that was my conversation with a fella called Frost. He's in a band from Norway, that band Satiricon. Thank you so much for listening.